Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. It's so good to have you here with us this morning. We, um, we had an incredible Sunday last Sunday for our Vision Sunday service and um, anointed everybody with oil uh, for the new season. And um, the Holy Spirit has done some really powerful things in people's lives. And uh, today is going to be part two of that. So thank you for being with us. We welcome our podcast listeners. You're part of our family today. And if you are new here, just relax, just enjoy the presence of God in this place. And I pray you sense love as well. We love God. We love people. Um, and we're a church that likes to include people into our family. Uh, my name is Benara. My eight-month pregnant wife over there is Charlie. And she is sitting there right now holding our baby. And as I say every week at the moment, she is very nervous that I'm going to give away the sex of our baby. But I have been good and I will not give it away. Only four times I have. Only four times. So... <laughs> Why don't you turn to your neighbour, choose whichever one you like more, um, and tell them something that you are grateful for about them. Tell them something you are grateful for about... Do it to both neighbours if you can. We like to try and start every Sunday with something a little bit lighthearted, and and I told the church last Sunday that one of the hardest things of my week is coming up with jokes to start the service with. It is very difficult, so thank you to those who have sent through some joke ideas. They didn't make the cut, they weren't very funny, but thank you for trying. Um, keep sending the jokes in, just send them to the office, and here's one for you. My wife found this one this morning on the way into church in the car. Yes. It says, this is it. So in the foyer of a church, a young boy was looking at a plaque with the names of men and women who had died in various wars. He asked the pastor, who are these people? And the pastor said, these are the members from our church who died in service. The boy asked, the early service or the second service? I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. If you didn't listen properly, then podcast it and uh, you can listen to it again. Cool. Hey, last week we started uh, with our Vision Sunday speaking about this next season and we, we launched the theme for this year, the theme being the roar of revival And we looked at Revelation 14, verse 2, which says this. And I heard a tremendous sound coming from heaven, like the roar of a waterfall and like the ear-splitting sound of a thunderclap. And the sound of music that I heard was like the sound of many harpers playing their harps. And they were singing a wonderful new song before the throne in front of the four living creatures and in front of the 24 elders. We spoke last week about how as a church, we are graced to carry the mantle of the roar of revival. We talked about how when it comes to the sound of heaven, heaven has a sound. This passage is talking about a vision of heaven. The heaven was, uh, sorry, the sound was like the roar of a waterfall. 
And we spoke about as a church how we have to be very, very aware that we carry the roar of revival. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. There's too many churches, too many Christians that don't understand the power of what they carry. And I believe as the church of Jesus Christ, we should be a people who understand the roar of the rivers of living water that we carry. And so today we're going to be just continuing on that theme of our call as a church is to bring heaven to earth. Turn to your neighbour and say, we're going to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. On earth as it is in heaven. That's what the Bible says. Pray this prayer, Jesus said. Pray on earth as it is in heaven. So what is Celebration Church's call? It is to bring heaven to earth. It isn't just to wait until we die so we can go to heaven. It is to give people a taste test of heaven now. Face case, you can sit down. And so this morning, I want to come around that thought that we are people who have an anointing and a grace to bring heaven to earth. Let me ask you this question. If someone who knew nothing about God walked into our service today, is there enough atmosphere of heaven that they would walk away eternally changed? Or is it just a gathering of well-mannered people? Because we have to actually go, God, we want to be serious about the grace and the anointing to carry the rivers of heaven touching earth. <laughs> what is my vision or our vision as the senior pastors? It is this, that as soon as someone enters that, through that front gate, they are overwhelmed with a sense of heaven. Yeah. And if you can't say amen to that, I don't know what's going on. I hate boring church. I hate being in services where I sit there going, when is lunchtime? The hot chippies are cooking. I've got to get out of here soon. I want to be a part of a movement of people that take so seriously the grace we carry that we allow the Holy Spirit to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. Oh, Benaiah, how can you say the church can be boring? There are plenty of boring churches. There are plenty of churches that are more about the tradition of man than about the heart of God. And I am committed with all my heart to helping cultivate a community where when you get to heaven one day after you pass away, you go, hey, I experienced this atmosphere on earth. I experienced God's presence in my family like this. I experienced the presence of heaven, the atmosphere of God's presence in my church like this. I experienced this with my, my marriage and, and, and in moments in our life. I remember, and, I, and, and this isn't brand new. This is a reminder. You walk into heaven with a feeling of nostalgia. How cool is that? This is the grace that God has for his people. Not just for us as a church, but for all people. For all church. That we would have the boldness, though. And last week I felt the Holy Spirit just really um, impress on my heart. Tell the church that we have to really honour what's in our hands. We can't get familiar with what we already know. Because the Israelites got familiar in the desert 
with the miracles of God and they turn to idols. And it happened for years and generations when Jesus, the Son of God, was doing miracles in his hometown, a revival was breaking out until one or two peep squeaks spoke up and said, hey, isn't that Joseph's son? Didn't we go to school with Jesus? Isn't that the kid that used to chuck rocks at... Oh, maybe I don't know if Jesus chucked rocks. I don't know what he did. But isn't that the kid we knew growing up? You know, but he used to cry in the cafe and we're like, oh, be quiet, Jesus. And it said that the miracles stopped because the people were familiar. And so as a church, we are extremely blessed. And I want to cultivate and encourage you around this theme that you are extremely blessed. Our church is a church of blessing and we are a friendly church and you people can join the church and they feel loved and people who have been in the church for years feel loved because they get connected and we have preachers and pastors who genuinely care about the people and we have amazing kids team and youth team and cafe team and hosts everywhere to come and help prepare the venue and all these things plus more we are blessed but we have to stop and say, God, we actually honour you for what's in our hands. Because the Bible tells us that if we are faithful with the small, God will give us more. You know that you're not thankful when you start to complain, when you start to have issues, when you start to whinge. Think about this with the Israelites. What did they do? It started with the whinging. Oh, we're sick of the manna. The manna was a supernatural food from God. We're sick of it. Give us, at least in Egypt, we had meat. At least in Egypt, we had more than this. And they missed the miracle of the moment because they got familiar with what was in their hands. You know what? As people, let's make sure we're always thankful. Make sure you're thankful that you're here. Make sure you're thankful that you can be in a church that loves Jesus. Make sure you're thankful that you have a preacher who preaches Jesus. Make sure that you're thankful that you have the Word of God literally in your phone. You know, hundreds of translations or different Bible plans. You can read any time. Be thankful that you live in a country right now where we're not all wearing face masks because of a virus that's breaking out, but you can enjoy fresh air. Be thankful that the rain has come. Even though it's been a bit flooded, even though it might have inconvenienced some, the rain has come. And our lawns are growing very quickly. And we mowed our lawn five days ago and already needs to mow again. But we are extremely thankful. I was saying to Charlotte this morning, we're having breakfast before coming in. I just said, you know, last, in, in, in November last year, the long-term forecast that I, was, I heard on the news was no real rain until April this year. Imagine that. That drought was going to continue at least till April. Well, forget that. Marge, the rains are here. <laughs> Should I know that, uh, that reference? You're probably too young. Or look it up on YouTube. We are blessed. We are so blessed. And let's just, let's just take a moment. Holy Spirit, we honour you. And we thank you for this blessing. We thank you that you are here. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your kindness. 
We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, thank you for your church. Lord, let the bride of Christ rise up today. Lord, help the bride realize its beauty. Help the bride rise up as the mighty bride she is, as, as, as all she's called to be. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Hey, for a couple of minutes, let's talk about the roar of revival and what revival looks like. Acts chapter 2, if you have your Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We're going to look at a few things very practically when it comes to what God is wanting to do here in Celebration Church, here in the Shellhaven, throughout all the churches, here in our nation. This is what the church should look like in Jesus' name. So it says this in Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So just for the context and new Christians who are here, Jesus went back to heaven. There was a bunch of disciples, 120 left. They were living under the Roman regime. They were living under persecution. They had been praying and asking God to help them. And the Holy Spirit had been promised and the Holy Spirit had come in the book of Acts, before this, the Holy Spirit had visited and, well, not visited, come and anointed the Christians, the Bible says, with tongues of fire, filled the room, and it caused the Christians of the time who were living in fear to rise up in faith, to rise up in boldness, and they went out into the streets and 3,000 people were saved in one day. So the church went from 120 people to 3,000 through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we have a glimpse of what that church looked like. This is our most pure example of what the early church looks like when God moves in the church. This is our dream for Celebration Church. So it says this, They devoted themselves, in verse 42, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse 45 says, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with, uh, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Okay, let's just break this down. The same Holy Spirit which is spoken about here is the same Holy Spirit that is here today. <laughs> he hasn't changed. And cultural differences today have not limited him. He is still the Holy Spirit. And his desire is to create a fellowship of believers that are just like this. So if you have the faith today to rise with me, let's lay a hold of what God has for his church. So I'm going to give you 10 things out of that. Ready? 10 things. If you're writing notes, please write these down. Why do we write notes? Because it's proven that if you write notes, you'll remember things more. Hence why you write shopping lists at home. <laughs> because you want to remember it when you go shopping. So let's go through some shopping lists right now, what God has for us. The first thing is this. When revival breaks out, there is a genuine, ravenous hunger for God. It says in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They, in other words, went out of their way to say, I'm going to grow. The apostles' teaching to them was the scripture. The apostles' teaching to them was the revelation of the heart of God. They didn't just go along and think, yeah, let's have a little listen, let's have a little see what happens on on Sunday. They devoted themselves to what the apostles had to say. There was a sincere hunger for the things of God. You know the Holy Spirit is the center of a church because the people are hungry. They're not hungry for entertainment. They're not hungry for other things. You can tell the heart of a church by how they worship. Do you know that? You can tell your heart by how you worship, by the way. (laughs) You can tell the heart of a church by their attitude towards the the, the gathering. You can tell it by, when it comes to the word, are they hungry to learn? We lose our hunger when we become spiritually sick. We lose our hunger when we actually feed ourselves with other things and we lose the ability to hunger for righteousness. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Can you hear an amen? I'm going to pick on my wife for a second. When someone gets pregnant, they get ravenously hungry. <laughs> Actually, I think everybody at times gets a bit hangry, hungry, angry. And I just got to make sure I'm feeding my wife because she's carrying my baby. So I'm cooking, I'm buying her Maltesers all the time. I got a big half kilo this week. I sent her a photo just for you. Our baby is going to just be craving Maltesers. As it comes, oh, I'm getting the look right now. All right, I'm moving on. A genuine, a, a genuine ravenous hunger for God. You know, sometimes people meet with me and they say, how do, I, how do I do my quiet time more? How do I, I, I have trouble, you know, I don't really want to read the Bible. How do I read? Well, the issue isn't that the Bible's no good. The issue is that there's an issue with hunger. Yeah. There's things in your life you have to get rid of so that you can hunger for righteousness. Yeah. And I spoke about hunger last year, but a hungry culture is a culture that you feed on the right things, you get hungry for the right things. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure that you enjoying feasting on the things of God. The thing is about hungering for God, it's the one thing that you can't, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. Physically, if you eat, you get satiated, 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 thank you, and uh, and you feel, oh yeah, the more you hunger after God, the more he causes you to hunger for more. Can I hear an amen? Who wants to hunger for God? Hey, you can hunger for trash if you want. Up to you. But hey, hunger for God. The second thing is this. Is a healthy revival looks like this, or a revival looks like this. A desire for healthy community. Verse 42 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They weren't, come on, join a connect group, come on, meet up, come on. There wasn't this push. There was a genuine, heartfelt, sincere yeah. hunger to connect yeah. with other believers. Yeah. 
Why is it important that you make church a consistent in your life? Because you get to connect with other people on the journey. Why is it important that you get into a connect group? It's just all a connect group is, is a way for you to meet and connect with other people on the journey. Because the enemy wants you to be a sheep by itself, away from the flock, and how do predators eat the sheep? They get the sheep away from the flock. A wolf does not attack the whole herd. It gets one sheep away and then attacks the one. I've seen it happen in church over the years. People come along, they're connected, they serve, they're in connect groups, whatever, and then slowly they just become isolated. Miss some Sundays, miss some connect, get a job that's on some Sundays, whatever it might be, get too busy for church. Before you know it, where are they? Church is no longer a priority. But I guarantee you, the health is always negatively affected. Always, or the health of their family. And so I encourage you to make sure that the local church, Charlie and I, whether we're pastoring or not, will always be connected to local church because we understand the power of community. And in that, let me just encourage you, if you feel lonely inside of a church, get some coffee dates happening. I mean, I'm not talking about opposite sex coffee dates unless you want that, and they want that, (laughs) and you're single. I'm talking about, you know, Charlie and I work on this in our life because as pastors, it's very, you might not realise this, it's very, very easy for us to feel alone because nobody in the church carries the spiritual weight a pastor must carry or has to give an accountable, uh, be accountable for the church the way that pastors have to. The Bible says we are given a double judgment to you. Yeah, that's pretty scary, hey? Or sobering anyway. So therefore, we have to work extremely hard to make sure we are committed to fellowship and community. We are continually on the phone to friends who are also normally in ministry who get it to say, hey, let's be on the journey. Why? Because we can be isolated like that sheep gets isolated. And so we have to work hard at it. And I encourage you, you have incredible people sitting around you. Go get a coffee. Go see a movie. <laughs> if you want to be have friends, be friendly. And don't give up when the person says, I'm too busy this week. Oh, well, they must not like me. Who, don't be so, so, so precious. Fight for community. Next week, I want to speak about this more. The greatest trees in the world are the redwood trees or the sequoia trees. They are in California. They are huge. They are 2,000 years old, some of them. I've had the privilege of seeing them a few times. These amazing big trees, and I'll show you a picture next week. These amazing big trees are huge, but their root system is one of the most shallow in the world. How amazing is that? And the reason they can stay standing for thousands of years is because they connect with the roots of the, per- of the tree next to them. And so when the storms come, they can stand <laughs> When that season comes where you're having difficulty in your family, in your workplace, in your marriage, in your community, whatever it might be, have people around you who can help you stand because the enemy wants you to be alone. And so take time to connect. 
go out for coffees. I'm so busy, but I don't understand. We're all busy. I know everyone's busy. Busy, busy, bees. We're all busy. <laughs> it's not a reason. You can take time to connect if you really want to connect. Do it for your heart health. But understand this. Devotion to fellowship is a revival trait. Revo- uh, devotion to fellowship is God's idea. Yeah. Make Sunday a priority. Yeah. Hey, listen, if you're a parent here, if you're inconsistent with your Sundays, don't expect your kids when they're teenagers to be consistent with theirs. They watch everything you do and they will do everything you do and they will learn that behaviour and when you come and see Joel's youth pastor and say, my kid is a mess and he thinks back to, you never came to church. That's a youth pastor, ex-youth pastor speaking right now who, who counselled hundreds of parents over 10 years. Watch what you do. Be a, be a part of the local church. Get into community. Fight for community. Why? Because my heart and Charlotte's heart for you is that you're healthy. I just want you to be healthy people, spiritually and emotionally looked after in this place. Does that sound okay? Hey, I just, I love you guys as a church. I want you to be healthy. I don't want you to be isolated. Take my wisdom on this, please. In Revival Church, they had a devotion to fellowship. The third thing is this. I love this. They were naturally supernatural. In verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Imagine a church where everybody was in awe at what God was doing. I love this too. Signs and wonders. I love how God is a God of wonder. Has God ever done something in your life and you think, I wonder about that? (laughs) I wonder. I'm not too sure. And God is doing something. The the Bible talks about, Paul talks about, I love it. He says, says, "My, my preaching wasn't with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So that, so that your faith won't rest upon men's wisdom, but on the power of God. And I want to encourage us as a people, let's be a people who lean on the Holy Spirit's power, who lean on the fact that we have a supernatural God, a God who knows how to move in signs and wonders. And he wants to use his people, you and I, to be people who bring heaven to earth and and a healthy revival culture. The raw looks like this, being naturally supernatural. Have you ever had an experience where you've had someone put on your heart and you text them and the person says, that was the perfect timing for what I needed? Anyway, you put your hand up. Most people, you were just naturally supernatural. Have you ever had the, the prompting on your heart? It might have just been a thought where you think, I'm going to make that person a meal, or I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to be generous to that person. And the same thing happens. That was the very thing we needed. Yeah. There is these simple promptings of the Holy Spirit that he wants to work through your life in. Never underestimate being naturally supernatural. It says this in Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. 
and when they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. When they, they place their hands on the sick, they will get well. I love all that. This is you. This is the believer. By the way, the scripture for community is in Matthew 18, 20. It says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Community, when you're gathered together, the Lord is there. Hey, the fourth thing is this, because I've got to get, get through this. The fourth thing is this, and it says this back in verse 44, Acts 2, 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. The fourth thing is this, when God is moving in the church, you can enjoy unity. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil poured down the head, running down the beard beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. When God is moving and there's a roar of revival in a church, unity is evidence. I love that scripture. Like if you, if you go back to verse 43, 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. What a full-on verse. They had everything in common. Now, the only way I can work that thing out, that way out, is like in this room, you're not going to have everything in common, true, because everyone's individual. So you have your different tastes and different... It's not like everyone back then loved broccoli and they all had it in common. I think what happened was this. I think that when the things of the Spirit become so prioritized, that's when the unity happens. They had a common uh, denominator in the kingdom of God. And the thing is, is that God's desire for his church is that we would be a unified church. And now I'm all for combined church things. I, I Combined churches, we meet up um, with the pastors regularly and pray together. I'm all for that. But we have to actually start with this. There's no point in doing that if you can't get unity in your own church. Yeah. <laughs> unity has to start inside this place. Yeah. You know, unity actually has to start inside of this, my family unit. Yeah. That's my first ministry. Yeah. My family is my first ministry, and then the people of God. So, when it comes to the things of God and unity, we have to understand that there is blessing in unity. Now, I've been in church church for many years, and I know what it's like to be in a room where there's unity and there's not. I know what it's like to preach to a room where some are with you and some aren't. I know what it's like to preach in a room where some people are with you and some are death staring you the whole time. Luckily, that isn't happening today. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Doesn't that make my job any easier? You see, one thing that we have to really value as a church, especially in this season, is that we are in a church that's unified. Can you sense it? Can you sense the unity in this place? Can you sense the love in this place? It is here. And when we took on the church 18 months ago, I said to Charlotte, one of my dreams is that our church would be a church of peace. I want to be a part of a family that's peaceful, that is powerful in war, but internally values peace. That's why you hear me going on and on about loving each other, about if someone offends you, love them. If someone hurts you in church, talk to them and forgive them. 
Uh, you hear me going on and on. If you have an issue with someone, go and speak to them. Don't just take your ball and go home. Too many Christians take their ball and go home. Literally, they leave a church because someone else offended them and they never talk to them. Where's that person? Oh, they left. Well, they got offended by something. Why didn't they come and speak? Because they took their ball and went home. That's the, that's the maturity level. It's very young. A mature Christian knows how to do relationship well. Yeah. Relationship is this. If you have an issue, the Bible says, Jesus says, go and speak to your brother or sister. Yeah. Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, go and speak to your neighbor. Go speak to your brother and sister. If you still can't get the issue resolved, get someone else and go speak to them. Still doesn't work. Get the church involved. Step number three, by the way. Don't come and speak to me, number one. Speak to that, the church, number three. Get the church involved. If they still don't listen, let them go. Imagine if Christians just simply lived that. Imagine how many people would be less hurt if they knew how to process their hurt well and stop hurting others when they took their ball and went home. How many pastors would not have burnt out if people just didn't simply get up and take their ball and go home and the pastor had no idea why? Because they misheard something from the pulpit. Why is it important that we speak to each other? Because love covers a multitude of sin. Now, please understand this. We are blessed because we live in this atmosphere. And as pastors, sometimes we have to watch out for things that come in that try and destroy that. You know that sometimes people can come and join churches and, just, and actually damage church. Peter talks about it and the Apostle Paul talks about it. He says, have your eyes open, speaking to the church of those who sound like sheep but are really wolves. If you've known me and Charlotte, you know that we will fight to keep unity in this church. And if I ever see someone join our church who preys upon the vulnerable, they will get a swift kick to the buttocks. They will, and they have. Why? Because we have spiritual babies here. We have, we have widows and orphans. We have people who actually need protection who are vulnerable, people who are broken, and I'm not letting religious people come in here and try and run right. And there are too many churches where the pastors don't have um, the confidence to deal with the religious people, and it destroys the church. I'm thankful I'm married to a fighter, because sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed and she goes, no, no, we've got to stand. When I say overwhelmed, I mean like, if it's, I, I'm a peacemaker. I don't like conflict. But my wife will fight for our church. Yeah. And so will I deep down. I will always stand for what is right. But as a church, we have to be aware of this. You know what? Our issues never come from people who are broken, who don't understand God's kingdom, because they're on a journey. They come from the Pharisee. They come from the one who's been in church for years and thinks they know it. That's where the issue comes in. You'll know a Pharisee by their fruit, by the way. Don't get caught up in words. Look at the fruit. Watch the fruit of someone's life. And as a church, let's make sure that we guard unity. And please, my prayer to you is this. I want our church to be blessed, yeah? Here's with me. Okay, we have to guard unity. This is how you do it, by the way. If someone has an issue with someone else in church, encourage them to reconcile. That's how you do it. If someone's offended, help them see bigger. If someone's hurting, help them see bigger. Help them receive healing, but don't let there be a me versus them inside of a church. 
our church as it grows, we're going to have many different people, many different belief systems, many different experiences. There is a melting pot of potential goodness and challenge. We have to be big people in our spirit that can love each other, can cover each other, can protect each other, can look out for each other, make sure there's no gossip going on, make sure if you hear a negative report about someone else inside a church, you say, I'm not interested. Have you spoke to the person? No, well, don't talk to me. Whenever you listen to gossip, you empower it, which makes you as bad as the person gossiping. So don't let them do it. Send them to the person if they have an issue. This sounds like 101, by the way, but it is. And by doing so, church, a raw revival rises up because we have a church of a few hundred, um, a thousand or greater, and there's an amazing sense. This is a church of thousands, an amazing sense of unity. This isn't a church of 120. There's 3,000 plus. And it says they all have everything in common. This isn't a pipe dream. This is it. This is what God has for us, the raw of revival. So let's keep enjoying unity. Let's keep loving the brethren. Let's keep looking out for each other. Let's keep inviting new people to join the family. And when they do, hey, if they don't see things the way you see them, just love them, help them. Every time there's a new person, I encourage you to take them out for coffee. Invite them to your house for a meal. Why? Because that's what they did in the book of Acts. Always, you know, Paul and Michelle taught me this growing up, always have a spare seat at the table. When you're sitting in the cafe, have a spare seat. So if a new person comes in, hey, come and sit with us. Come and sit with our crew. This is, we're not going to be a clicky church. By the grace of God. Is that okay? You're hearing Pastor Benai right now. This is just my heart for us. The fifth thing is this, the roar of revival is that they were sacrificially generous. A church that is sacrificially generous. It says in verse 45, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They sold property and possessions. Charlie and I are blessed to have our own home. We're paying off our home at the moment. We hope to pay it off in record time by the grace of God. But you imagine if we paid it off and then God put it on our heart, sell it and give it to the person down the road. What? No way. That's a lot. This is what was happening. And we have someone up here every week encouraging you to give because giving's worship, part of our worship experience. And some people get offended even about giving and leave churches. I'm telling you, people are selling property to give to those in need. Sacrificial generosity, an eternal kingdom mindset. It says in 1 John 3, 17, it says, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with just words and speech but in action and in truth. Every week, Charlie and I try and do something generous for somebody. We try and find someone to do something generous for even if it's been a really tight week for us. And as this baby comes, it's getting a little bit tighter by the week. Who knew prams cost so much? (laughs) Who knew baby seats cost so much? This guy's learning a lot over here. We have people helping us with that and helping and blessing us, which is great. But we're we're setting it up for that and we're like, this is gonna, this is gonna cost us. Charlotte's gonna go to, you know, go off go off working and go to half pay and this type of stuff, and it's like it's gonna gonna affect our family. 
but we still are trying to find room. And not just to give out of what our overflow is, although that's important, but also give out of something that's going to cost us. Because <laughs> when we give out of sacrifice, it moves the heart of God. When the widow gave her a couple of cents, it moved the heart of Jesus. And it said that all the rich people were giving. And he didn't, wasn't fussed. She gave, he went, oh, did you see that? That is incredible. You see, when we give sacrificially, it causes something to happen in the heart of God. The church that's the roar of revival is a church that is sacrificially generous. I've been so blessed to watch you as a church grow in your generosity. I'm blessed that we take up a, an offering for different things and people give above and beyond every year. Yeah. Things like the bushfire appeal happens and we give to that. Today on the TV, there's a big concert. I don't know if you know... Um, been televised to raise money called the Fire Fight. It's a big concert to raise money for the fire, fire-affected people. How great has the Aussie spirit been when it comes to generosity? How amazing has, has it been to watch Aussies rise up and the local fire departments in the early days say, please stop donating, we have too much. And people are like, I was speaking to a pastor down the coast and they got their houses out bush, and there's people in their utes going around, filled with stuff going to door to door. Hey, please take whatever you want. We've got so much. Take it. Just the generous spirit that resides inside of everybody. But let's not let the world outshine the church. If the world rises, let the church rise even more. <laughs> I love the Aussie spirit when it comes to helping others. Okay, the sixth thing is this, and I love this one. I love them all, but this is, this is cool. It says in, in verse, uh, sorry, verse 45, they gave to anyone in need. And you see a roar rise up when it comes to the desiring justice. They'll give in to those who are in need, those who were broken, those who couldn't help themselves potentially. The church was raised up. And it says in Amos chapter 5, verse 24, that let justice roll like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Turn to your neighbour and say, let justice roll like a river. Yeah, you need the hair. Let justice roll like a river. Let justice roll like a river. We're called to be a church that understands that God's heart is for justice both physically, as we see here, but also spiritually. We have people we know, we have a city we know that's bound by chains, spiritual chains, spiritual hardships, and you have the sword of the Spirit. You have the key to unlock the chain, church. Let justice roll. Roll on. Like a never-ending stream. Let your heart of justice rise. Let's believe for those who are broken, those who... And one of my prayers I've been praying this year, and I, I mentioned this actually even last year, I stop and I say, God, I pray for those who are, in, who are, who are trapped in hidden places. Those who are literally physically or spiritually or emotionally who are bound and, and trapped 
and can't find a way out. Let your light shine like only it can and free the prisoners. Free the slaves. Free the abused. Free those who don't see a way out and are forgotten. God, there is an overwhelming need for that. You come, Holy Spirit. Let justice roll. (laughs) This is the church of the roar of revival. Number seven. I love this. Let's go back to Acts 2. It says in verse 46, well, it says every day they continue to meet together in the temple court. But that's not one of my points, but hey, keep meeting together. I heard Pastor Brian Houston speak for 45 minutes on one sentence, which was, keep turning up. Keep turning up. Most people win by just turning up. There's so many just fall off the perch. Keep turning up. Okay, number seven, though, is this. I love this one. This is so cool. It says this. It says, um, every day uh, they broke bread in their homes, ate together, with glad and sincere hearts. The seventh thing is this, living in happiness and thankfulness. The church had glad and sincere hearts. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always. Turn to your other neighbor and say, rejoice always. (laughs) Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. What is God's will for my life? Here we go, church. Rejoice always, even when Queensland wins. Rejoice always. Even when the All Blacks beat the Wallabies, rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Oh, God, let our church be a church that has glad and sincere hearts. Well, hello. A church that is full of happiness. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Let joy flow through our church, the river of joy, a supernatural joy, a joy that breaks down chains, a joy that gives us strength, a joy that uh, that brings freedom. And let it flow out of this place, chuck it left, and hit our city. Let this place be a reservoir, a mighty underflow of water from the throne room that touches our city with the joy of God. And just as the rain is falling, Holy Spirit, let the joy of the Lord rain down upon our streets and our people. (laughs) Can I hear an amen? Let the Holy Spirit rain down upon us. Because when the church roars with revival... Happiness and thankfulness fills the streets. They ate bread together with sincere and glad hearts. Who here wants a sincere and glad heart? Number eight. I love this. When the roar of revival breaks out, in verse 47 it says, that they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Praising God. We heard then in Revelation 14, the tremendous sound from heaven, the thunderclap. It says there was a sound of music, a new song. Worship was filling heaven. I love it in worship here when, when we're there and, and you can, I can hear the church worshiping. I can hear your beautiful voices lifting up the name of Jesus. I do listen for it because I love just to picture myself in the throne room and I think we're joining with heaven right now. Heaven has a sound and it's called worship. Yeah, Heaven has a sound. 
And it's called thanksgiving. It's called honour. It's called giving him all the glory and praise for he is worthy. I encourage our worship team. I had a great time with them last Monday night at Creative. By the way, if you're here and you're creative, go to Monday nights, join the team. Use your gifts and talents to honour God. And, uh, and, and, and we're talking about how our worship has the power to touch the heart of God. What a crazy thought. The living God, my worship, out of a sincere heart, can touch your heart, God. Let Celebration Church be a church of extravagant worship in Jesus' name. Number nine, just off that verse, it says, they worshiped God and it says, and they enjoyed favor of all the people. Who here wants more favor in your life? One of my prayers in the past 12 months has been, God, increase the favor over mine and Charlotte's life, both with you and with people. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in favor with God and man. Psalm 5, verse 12, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with favor as with a shield. Unmerited favor. I pray that us as a community and as a church don't just experience favor with God, but experience favor with the people. Yeah. It says here in Acts 2, they experience favor with the people. Yeah. I just want our church to have favor in our city, yeah. have favor in our nation. I want our church to have embarrassing favor. I want you to experience embarrassing favor. What do I mean by that? I am so favored, it's embarrassing. It's just like I'm in the spotlight, God. Oh, not to look good, but the favor of God. The favor surrounds you like a shield. I pray favor over your life, over your marriage, over your children, over your family, over your ministry, over your connect group, over our church. God, that your favor rests upon us. Extravagant favor. Overwhelming favor. The last one is this. It says that God added to the number daily those who are being saved. It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 4, that many who heard the message believed, so the number of the men who believed God grew to about 5,000. 120 in the upper room. Add 3,000 in Acts 2. Go a couple of chapters later, another 5,000. Well, 5,000 men. But it doesn't include wives and kids or women and children. The church is growing because God is doing a work. God is doing a work. Lord, that the roar of revival touch this church. Let it rise up in our spirits. Lord, may our church be a church of salvation. Why don't we all just stand to our feet as we finish this morning? I'm just going to take a moment just to pray and ask God just to seal this picture of his church. And by the way, make sure on a Sunday, if you're a regular here, look around. If it's people you haven't seen for a few weeks, take them out for coffee. If we can't love each other well, don't expect to love the city well. Can I hear an amen? amen. 
don't know why I do. I always ask Charlotte, look at this person, I know this. Because we want to make sure we love our family well. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? Thank you, Lord. I just spoke about salvation there and I just want to give you an opportunity if you're here today and you know in your heart that your heart is not right with God. You know that your heart isn't close to God. This morning for a couple of minutes, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, you know what, Benai, I want to respond and make sure that my heart is right with God. I want to make sure that I'm in right standing. That tonight, today, if you stood before God, that you could say, hey God, Heavenly Father, I made a commitment to follow you. I believed in your son Jesus, that you were ready and prepared in your heart. So you just have your eyes closed. In this place, if you want to say, Benai, that's me. I want to make sure that my heart is right with God, that my sins are forgiven. Maybe you've said that prayer and you've walked away in your heart. Today is the day you say, yes, I make that commitment today. If that's you, just put your hand up where you are and say, that's me this morning. I want to make sure my heart is right with God. In Jesus' name. In this place. It's the greatest decision of your life. This decision. You don't take it lightly. Take it from the depths of your heart. Yeah, that's me. Let's pray this prayer this morning of commitment together. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. And today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sin and give me a new start. And Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me every day to follow Jesus. Amen. You know, this morning if you prayed that prayer, a couple of steps. Number one, pray every day. Talk with God. Talk with God. He listens. He's there for you. He can help you. Number two, get a Bible. You version on your phone newversion.com, download a, phone, a Bible on your phone and read it every day. There's new Christian devotions on there. Number three, come to church regularly. Get into a connect group. It's a group midweek you can get involved with. Get people around you who can help you with your walk with God. And lastly, don't give up. Don't be a wuss. Too many people give up. Keep walking. Keep on walking in Jesus' name. We're going to finish in a moment. And we're going to do something a little bit unusual. No, it's not unusual. Quite normal for our church these days. I'm going to put up those 10 things up on the board. Up on the board? Up on the screen. And I want you to get into groups of two or three and choose one of those. And pray over our church. Pray that over it. You can pick a few if you want. But pray it over the roar of that over our church. That we as the people of God will be equipped to roar that. Also at the end of the service, if you need prayer, or even in that group, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for encouragement, 
Tell them. Say, hey, can you pray for me? And they're going to believe for miracles to happen in your life. In Jesus' name. Sounds good? Yeah. Okay, so why don't you break up into groups of two or three if you, if you feel comfortable. And let's just take a moment. The cafe is also open uh, in a couple of minutes. And let's pray. It'll be up on the board right now. Pray these things. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.